Hello and welcome to Journey to Authenticity, a podcast helping you to become fully authentic on your journey to success. My name is Braden Belknap and I'm a human just like you, striving to build a dream life all while I stay authentic to myself and not letting other people tell me who to be and what to do. But what happens when you start to have relationship struggles? What happens when you start to wonder who you are as a person? What happens if you start to lose your way? That's exactly why I have Megan Belknap, my beautiful, beautiful wife on the podcast today, because we've had our own struggles. We've had our own struggles within ourselves, within our relationship. We've learned how to revamp our relationship consistently. That way we can win together. That in mind, welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you for having me on again. Of course, this is exciting. Yes. It's, uh, you were on the last podcast, Prosperous Life. Mm -hmm. Now you're on the new one. Yes, and I'm excited. It'll be good. So jumping into this, I, I would love to reintroduce our, our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can just kind of tell it simultaneously together a little bit, sharing some fun details, sharing, sharing some of the hardships, and then we can jump right in on how we transformed our relationship. Is that fair? Yeah, that sounds good. So our relationship started in high school, high school sweethearts. We are the first day of high school, or not first day of high school, first day of junior high school. Um, I walked in. This is after I went through my hardships in life, and I figured out that I was deserving of love. And the first day of junior high school, I walked in, and I saw Megan. And the the room lit up, to say the least, and all Ultimately, in that moment, I knew that you were going to be special in my life. And then throughout the next month or so, started telling my friends and family that I, I wanted to ask you out because I just found you very attractive. And then one day, you walked into my work. And you can take it from here. I feel like you say this part better than I do, though. Well, her, her dad, and her brother walked in to buckle which is where I was working. I usually worked in the back because I was a part of the inventory team. And I was out at the front at this moment, just filling in some of the clothes, to say the least. And she walked in, and we saw each other. And I, I can't tell you from the moment I walked from the back to the front, her eyes followed me all the way through. There was not a moment. She didn't blink, I swear. She really didn't. And she finally walked to the front and I introduced myself. And to make that long story short of a conversation, she was laughing so hard because she was so embarrassed that she sat on the floor. So my side of how kind of our like first interaction and how we met, I kind of like during that time in my life, I wasn't really looking, looking for a relationship, but I also was kind of like praying if I'm supposed to be with somebody, like set in my way. If I'm not, then I'm chilling. And that was like a couple days before I walked into Buckle. And so I like walked into Buckle and I saw you and I was like, this is the most gorgeous man that I have ever seen in my entire life. And then you like came up and started talking to me and my dad and my brother. And then after I left, we didn't like exchange any information or anything. But because we went to the same school, it was pretty easy to figure out who you were. And so I, so that was like a, I think that was an A day that we met and it was a Thursday. Um, and then 
that Friday, I had a friend who was in your physics class and she took the role book and found your last name. And then I found you on Instagram and then you slid in my DMs. And then we started talking and then we started dating. And we still have those cringy DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And we we went, we were just talking, talking per se. We were getting super close for about a month. And it was October 8th that we started dating. I mm -hmm. asked you out to be my girlfriend. And two years, fast forward to that, we got married on the same day. <laughs> yeah, we got married two years later on October 8th. 2018. So we started dating when we were both 16. Mm -hmm. You were 17. I was 17. I was you were 16. And then we got married when I was 19 and you were 18. Mm -hmm. So we had some experience, to say the least, in our relationship. We're going on seven years total, five years married. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. Hasn't always been rainbows and unicorns, but it's been a good relationship and nothing that I would ever change for the world. Oh, hi. So jumping in, that that's our story, you guys. We we really had a blessing in our lives to meet each other young. A lot of people start to meet each other in their 20s or early 30s, and sometimes even later than that. And when you find love, you just harness that because it's something that not everybody – it's not something that everybody gets in life. It's not something that everybody has. So when you get it, harness it. And we were just blessed to find that young. Yeah, and I'm also thankful that we met at such a young age because I feel like we've been able to grow, learn, and, like, live life together. And so I've been super thankful that we were able to meet each other at such a young age. Absolutely. We grew and we've figured life out. We figured out who each other are, um, ourselves, and who we stand for as a, relation, as a marriage, to say the least. So... As I mentioned, it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns. We've had some hardships. I grew up in a household that was a, uh, I should say two households. Mm -hmm. I had a two household family. <clears throat> you had a two household family. So to say we had role, role models in relationships is beyond the truth. We, we didn't. No, but I think we really had to, especially in our early years of our relationship, really figure out communication and just like what it is to be in a relationship being younger too the maturity level isn't there i feel like when we were dating in the first two years of marriage were when we were really figuring out how to have a relationship since then we've been really good about our communication goals life just things like that and really being a partnership and growing together absolutely well even in high school we broke up for a short very short period of time and yeah. we went right back into our relationship and that a lot of relationships see those hardships as bad times when they're actually good times. That really, that breakup, although I, we certainly could have avoided that through if we knew how to communicate <laughs> and basic relationship principles, it allowed, it put a, it created a refresh start into a new relationship. Yeah. It was in a new relationship, but it started a new chapter for us Yeah, of clearly establishing what was and what was not okay. Yeah, 100%. And through that, like you said, our first two years of marriage, it, it, it was very beautiful, but we certainly had some hardships there. Uh, you had some health problems. 
we had communication problems. We were, we had finance problems. I mean, we could go on and it caused a lot of stress on us as individuals, but us as a couple as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. So with that, we transformed and obviously what I would encourage all couples out there to do as well as what we do is we talk every day. We talk every week, we talk every month and we talk every year. And sometimes those conversations are more intentional in the fact that we're getting down to business. We're talking about the good things. We're talking about the bad things and we're talking about how we need to grow. We're talking about goals. We're talking about how we revamp our relationship. Anything to add there? Yeah, those conversations have really helped us as individuals to know how to help support each other. But then also as a couple, I feel like we've been able to grow and really flourish together because we also have individual goals, couple goals, and then family goals too. Having those conversations, and just like daily conversations, not that they're super intentional, but just knowing what's going on in your partner's life is super important because you're living life together oh my gosh you're living life together not separately that really brings couples together jasper's <laughs> over here for the ones on audio yes jasper is a guest in this week's <laughs> podcast episode he's doing absolutely nothing and that's usually what he does is absolutely nothing. He is an angel. What do you mean? <laughs> an angel. Just because he's an angel doesn't mean he does anything. <laughs> he's cute. That's what he does. He's, he's cute. adorable. He brings, uh, he's our, we're dog parents. Yeah. And chicken parents and bunny parents. <clears throat> and bunny parents. I agree with you. hundred percent. And every single conversation takes intention. Yes. But it just kind of take it not kind of. It's a level of seriousness that a, a conversation has. Sometimes a conversation is going to be laughy, goofy. And truthfully, every every conversation should. If you take every situation, every conversation with a childlike heart, but with an adult mind of, hey, we're here to have fun, mm -hmm. but also let's move this needle forward. Your relationship will be much stronger. Yeah, I agree 100%. So what I'd love to do is this last year, we're recording this in January. We just started a new year. Mm -hmm. And you just had a birthday. Yes. You're now the same age as me, 24. Now we're both 24. We're getting old. I don't really want to think about it. <laughs> we're like almost, we're like mid-20s now. I know. We're like officially adults. I know. <laughs> Got to get it together. I agree. Um, get it together. <laughs> we only have a house. We only have two cars. We only have two no, businesses. We only have great careers. We have good investments. Not to toot our own horn, but we're doing pretty damn well. We could have more fun. We could have a little bit more fun. <laughs> um, but with that, we just you just had a new birthday, and we just had we just started our new year, twenty twenty four. But we, we as a couple have a sit down conversation once a month and that's to review us as individuals, us as a couple, businesses, finances, everything. Mm -hmm. But our, and we have the same conversation, the same, the conversation we have on a monthly basis is what our yearly 
conversation looks like. Our yearly conversation is just very more in depth to say the least. So as we go through this with you guys, I, I strongly encourage you to have that conversation and ask yourself, are you being truthfully honest with yourself now? Because if you're not, then those conversations are going to make zero sense. And two, are you being truthfully honest with your other half, your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, doesn't matter. Are you being truthful with yourself and them? And if not, it's time to start. Because if you're not willing to, then you're going to go nowhere. Yeah. And if we're not growing, we're dying. And the truth is, if you're not growing in your relationship, the chances of you being on the project, pro, projection of divorce or breakup is high. And that's just the truth. Obviously, we're all here about being authentic and having a positive mindset, but I'm, I'm also here to be real. Sometimes there's toxic positivity of, I'm the best at this. No, if you suck at it, you suck. And if you don't know that, you can't get better. So are you? ask yourself, if you haven't been having these conversations, are you ready to change your trajectory of your relationship? Are you ready to put yourself on a trajectory of having a lifelong friendship, a lifelong marriage, an eternal marriage, an eternal family after you pass away? Or do you want to have a two-household house? A, a two, do you want to create a two-household family for your kids? Yeah. I really liked the year one that we did this year because we haven't done that before. We added the word. Yeah. The intention word. Oh, yeah. That's what we did. I was like, we did something different this year. Yeah. So, like, we this year added a word, motto, I don't know what, whatever you want to call it for – how we kind of want to live the year and this year we chose intentional and so this year we want to be very intentional with our every moves. every aspect of our life honestly absolutely we've been run 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 and go 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 which has honestly created beautiful results yeah like i'm really not complaining about where we're at now it's just a matter of we're playing a different game to get to the next level, we have to play a different game. We now are operating our life as in a chessboard. It's not a fast game. It's being intentional with your moves that you're making in order to win the game of life. Mm -hmm. And that's a daily thing. That's a weekly thing. That every sort, as she mentioned, it's very intentional with everything. Yeah. And I just like the word intentional because I think it puts – meaning behind things that you do so instead of just being like oh this sounds good today there's actual intent and meaning behind the things that you're doing the things that you're saying the way that you're acting things like that and so I love the word intentional because I it has such a broad meaning to it and you can implement in any area of your life absolutely now to I feel like a lot of the guests are thinking right now, well, how do you have that conversation? One, we started out very, very blunt. We start with kind of the boring part. Mm -hmm. What's going good in our relationship? So, okay, I want to backtrack though. So let's say somebody wants to have this conversation with their spouse or their partner, but the other person's like, I don't really feel like we need to have this conversation. How do you think, a, what do you think a good way to open up that door 
for that other person is. So every situation you're in, you're selling. A lot of people think, well, I'm not a salesperson. Well, you are. You're married. Or you have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Last time I checked, you want to go out to eat somewhere and your boyfriend or girlfriend wants to go somewhere else. You have to sell them on where to go. <laughs> okay, can I like <laughs> cut in real quick? It doesn't have anything to do, but it's kind of a funny little thing. Sure. But it's a video that I sent you. But it's this guy, like, I think it was his wife, but they were trying to find, like, a restaurant they wanted to eat at. and Or not a restaurant they wanted to eat at, but the husband's like, this is a hack to have your wife know where she wants to go. Like, you don't have to go back and forth figuring out where you want to eat. But the husband's like, oh, I'm surprising you to go somewhere to eat. And the wife's like, oh, my gosh, where are you taking us? And he's like, oh, you have to guess. And she's like, are you taking us to Jimmy John's? And he's like, how did you know we're going to Jimmy John's? And he's like, it's a hack to know where your wife wants to go to go eat. So anyways, that has nothing to do with what we're <laughs> saying. But men out there, if your girlfriend or wives can't make up their mind on where they're going to eat, there's a hack. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that is a good tip. But point being is you're always selling. Okay. And a lot of people don't like the sales word. They think it's sleazy. They think about the car salesman that screwed them over. Well, get over it. Because the truth is, if you're not okay being sold to, that means you're not okay to sell to others. And the truth of the matter is, the world evolves around communication, negotiation, and sales. So if you're in a year relationship, five year, seven year, 10 year, 50 plus year, the same process applies. People buy because of reason. They buy because of the why. So if you're coming out and you're saying, hey, we're going to have this conversation and it's brand new, immediate walls are going to be up. It's like, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with our lives. Why are you just trying to change it now? But if you come at it with a reason, hey, babe, I've really been thinking of where I want to go as a person, how I want to grow, what I want to achieve. And I've been thinking about what I want for us as well as for you. I would love to have this conversation where we revamp. Maybe we do it once a month. Maybe we also have a yearly conversation at the end of the year. So we go through a positive revamp in the year where we talk about the good things and the opportunities where we can grow as individuals and, and as a couple. And I would also love to talk about maybe an intention for the year that we live by. And that way we can start to win every day and enjoy the small moments every day. I like it. So are you saying go more towards it at a growth standpoint versus uh, we need to have this conversation? Absolutely. Nobody, nobody wants to be told what to do. Yeah. I don't care who says. I don't care who. Nobody wants to be told what to do. No, they don't. Even the people, I'm okay with being criticized. That doesn't mean I want to be told what to do. So if you're coming in and demanding it, especially because there is some people out there that aren't necessarily into growth, but it has to start with you. And that starts by knowing your why. Why do you want to have that conversation? Mm -hmm. If you don't even know why you want to have the conversation, why would your spouse want to? So you need to know your why for that conversation and your reason. And then you need to paint that why and that reason 
as a picture to your partner and then explain the what. There's a why and a what to every interaction in a sales negotiation, whether it's business or relationship. The what is the product or service in business. The what in a relationship could be sex. It could be communication. It could be trips, <laughs> fun time. Like. That's the what. What's the why? The why could be. You want to connect. I you feel like time. we used to, and when we first started dating, we had a childlike play. Mm-hmm. And we lost that over the last five years. And that's okay. Yeah. But I would love to get that relationship back with you. That way we have no chances of ever breaking up because I truly want an internal marriage with you. And so I would like to start dancing with you again. Or it's like, hey, we're going to start dancing again. Like what's your partner going to respond to better? Yeah, I like that a lot. This doesn't even need to be a conversation about. Like it doesn't need to be serious. This isn't just about a conversation. It's also about the small things. Yeah, I love that. Know your why, know your reason. Paint that picture and then let them know what that what is. And then you guys can execute together. Yeah. I really like that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Very well said. (laughs) It's very eloquent. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, But back to that conversation, because that's really the intention of this podcast, is how to revamp your relationship. First off, I want to make it very clear. Again, this is not a yearly thing. You're really – okay, let's say we – it's my goal to live 120 years. That's the truth. I want to live 120 years. Megan hasn't necessarily picked that that goal for herself. So I am fine to live to be 120 if my health and everything is there. I do not want to be 120 years old and not be able to live life and not have like a memory. I'm okay with the physical stuff if I wasn't physically as – I mean, obviously, you're 120 years old. You're not going to be able to run a marathon probably. Um, so obviously that, but for me, memory is a huge thing. I would, I don't want to be around if I can't remember things. But with that, we both know that a lot of the disease, a lot of people are experiencing in their elder years are because of the choices that they chose when they were younger. Yeah. I if feel... we keep doing what we're doing now, drinking the MCT oil, the coconut oil, we, we're taking the supplements, we're doing all, we're working out the chances of that goes down dramatically. Yeah, that definitely, doing that supplemental stuff to live a better lifestyle definitely helps reduce the percentage of that. Absolutely. If we're married right now, we're yeah. we're 24, so let's just, to make it easy numbers, we're going to say 30. If I was 30, you were 30 right now, we wanted to live to 120. That literally gives us 90 conversations to be had. That's so many. Wow. But <laughs> if we take it and do one a month, yeah, we have a genuine sit down once a month. We literally 1,200 times that. So what's your chances of staying together long term if you're revamping your mar- marriage monthly instead of just annually? A lot. Well, and two – not only just monthly, but having those weekly, daily conversations with each other, making sure that you know what's happening in your partner's spouse life, like their life, because 
it's good to live individual lives, but I know that if you're having conversations often with the person that you're with, and not just on a monthly basis, but a weekly and a daily basis, that you are building your relationship together. You're learning about their life. You're learning about their feelings. You're learning about them and what they go through that can help build your relationship together. Um, but it's also really important to have individuality in a relationship too and be able to go do the things that you enjoy that maybe your spouse or partner doesn't enjoy but you really like and know that you don't have to live your life with them. Absolutely. I don't know if I said that really good. but What you're saying is you need to live your life, I need to live my life, and then yes. we need to build our life together. Yes, exactly. That was my point. I would agree with that 110%. And that's the truth. If you don't know who you are as an individual, then you're not going to be able to show up fully for your marriage. Yes. So with that, how do the conversation that we have, and I'm just going to break this down quickly and then we can talk about it uh, okay. further. Step one, we talk about the good stuff. We talk about all the things that we've been doing right first. Mm-hmm. What are the things that I've been doing right as an individual? What are the things that you've been doing right? Well, how have we been doing right as a couple? Step two, we talk about our growth opportunities. In this sector, I get to point out all my growth opportunities first. Megan gets to point out all her growth opportunities. I have the opportunity to point out growth opportunities to her. She has the opportunity to point out growth opportunities for me. And then as a couple. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're so egotistical, you can't hear from your partner of how you can grow, then go to therapy. (laughs) Go get some professional help. Like, drop your ego. Nobody's winning. No. And when you have an ego, you're not getting anywhere, honestly. You're not. It's so much better to be humble and willing to take constructive feedback. I was going to say criticism, but I'm like, criticism is not the word that I'm looking for. Criticism is a good word. Well, criticism too, but constructive feedback is better because if somebody's criticizing you, it's pretty it's much the a same negative. thing. Well, <laughs> criticism, criticism is negative. It's, it's more like, of a negative It's like hell and heck. Like they practically yeah. <laughs> mean the same thing. Okay. <laughs> One's just quote unquote a swear word. Oh, constructive, constructive criticism? Constructive feedback. I don't know what I was. Constructive. Yeah, something like that. But if you, it is so important to be willing to listen to the feedback of the person that you're with because they are the one person other than yourself that sees you the most. You'd hope so. Yeah. (laughs) And with that, be honest, be open. And the the truth is there's times Megan will point things out to me or I point things out to her. It opens a conversation. It's not a walls. It's not, you're a bad husband, you're a bad wife. It's not that you're a bad person. It's, hey, I feel like there could be some growth within you in this area. Hey, babe, I feel like you haven't gone to the gym consistently over the last month. And in turn, I see that that could affect your health long term. I would love to see you get into the gym Mm -hmm. because I want a long life with you. I have loved having those conversations, though. I feel like it has really helped our relationship flourish and grow. And so I know that is something that if other couples implemented in their relationship, if they aren't already, it will help their relationship flourish and grow as well. Absolutely. hundred percent. And to that, after we have that conversation, 
We talk about our execution plan. We talk about our execution plan. The execution plan is going to, how are we going to keep implementing the good? And how are we going to transform the growth opportunities? Growth opportunities can be small. They don't need to be big, right? They don't need to be, we need to go from one to 100 real quick in any area. Certainly there is standards in, in life. To be a Belknap in this household, we know what that stands for. It means that you keep your promises 100%. You do more than you promise and you grow. And you don't let things slip through the cracks. If I promise something, I don't let that slip through the cracks. And that what it, that's what it means to be a Belknap. So that also there's also standards. And you need to very well communicate that to one another. There's a difference between day-to-day living and standards. If somebody's not following through on a standard, that may take a bigger jump of, hey, you're really falling short on this standard and it's affecting you, it's affecting me, it's affecting our family and our relationship. And those might need to be more immediate changes, right? Do you feel like, how would you bring that up to somebody without causing them to be offended? Don't make it about them. Because we're not our behaviors. Do you see that your partner can be better than what they're doing now? Make that clear. The boundary, if you're needing this, if you're needing to bring something up and it's more of a boundary as we're talking, it may be a matter of saying, seeing the person, hey, since we've been married, you've done all these good things, right? And I love that about you. And I see your potential in becoming this person. And I'm not telling, you might want to make it clear, you may not want that for yourself. I just know that I see you being greater than what you are now. And that's a good thing because I love who you are now. And I love the concept of who you who your future is as well. Although I, I've been seeing something that has the part to, possibility of holding you back. And I want this preference here. We don't say good things and then put a but. That discredits everything. The word although or something similar adds to. It doesn't take away. So a good times a negative equals a negative. Period. Although is not a negative. A but subtracts. Although I hear, I see that something could possibly hold you back from that as well as our relationship. And that's X, Y, Z. So what I would love to see moving forward is this, so that, and that's an important keyword, so that, and then whatever that result's going to bring, so that we have more love in the marriage, so that we can show up more fully each day. Do you think it's good to ask questions too? And I don't know how to word it super well, but um, so let's say that your partner is struggling with certain things. I don't, I feel like maybe, I don't even know a good re, like example for it is, but your partner's struggling with something. You see that they're not doing great and they're not achieving the things. Do you think it's also good to ask them how they're doing too? It depends. If there's been 
I think it's always good to ask them how they're doing. But to me, what I'm hearing from you when you say that is you and your partner establish goals. And for a long time, they've been letting things slip through the cracks. So it's, there's going to be at some point where you also need to put a more firm boundary. But before it gets to that point, let's say it's just starting. And if they're it's noticing. just starting, they've been big achievers. And then all of a sudden they start letting things slip through the cracks. Yeah, it's good. It's always good to assume good intent. Yes. What's going on? Are you having a hard time? But with that situation, how would you say to bring – would you add to what you said if it's more that kind of situation? If it was that situation and somebody went from really showing up – like, for instance, our Belknap standards, always show up 100%. Always grow and don't let things slip through the cracks. If I saw you start to take a take a dip in those standards – it's, hey, I see that this is going on. Are you doing okay? Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be a, like a hey, big it doesn't need to be a big conversation. It can just be like, hey, I see the fact that you haven't been doing your chores like you usually do. What's Is everything okay? And that will naturally open the conversation to be good. You're not saying that they're a bad person or anything. Yeah, because in a relationship, it's how I feel is that it's important to not like it's important to give the other person the benefit of the doubt if they're not. And it's within reason too. benefit of the doubt, for instance, as far as I'm concerned, and I, sorry, I feel like I'm cutting off here. I'm just, I'm going to just try and say this and then you can benefit of the doubt is normally on a first case basis, right? If somebody does something wrong, give them the benefit of the doubt. Hey, I saw that you messed up on this and it wasn't corrected. Is everything okay? Are you doing good emotionally? Okay, well, if it starts to repeat itself, now that's the time to start to actually set a firm boundary. But the other person may not like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like boundaries, but the truth is it makes our relationship better. Relationships aren't a bad thing. It's not to put up a wall in our relationship. It's to build. And sometimes the other person needs to have a little nudge, some more direction, and that's okay. Yeah. And I agree with that. I'm more saying benefit of the doubt. You Let's say I go to work. You say, hey, babe, I'll take care of the dishes while you're at work today. Don't worry about it. I come home. The dishes aren't done. I come in your office, and instead of being like, what the heck? What is wrong with you? You said you were going to do this, and you didn't. I come in, I'm like, hey, you said you were going to do the dishes. Like, what what happened? And then you can be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, you know, you left. Work got super busy, so I didn't have any time. Like, let me make it up to you. I can do, like, I'll do them tonight still, and then I'll still, like, I'll do more tomorrow. And that's... Or something. I just... A I, perfect example. Although, again, to add to... Although, just kidding. <laughs> To add to, yeah, as as we both do, is that if I commit to do something for you, again, that's being a hundred percent. Growing is doing it and doing more. If there's dishes and then there's a little bit extra crumbs on the tabletop, there's no reason why I don't do a little bit more. I can grow and do more than I promised. 
not letting things slip through the cracks. If work got busy and I now couldn't do what I promised, as a partner, it is my responsibility to either text or call you and say, hey, babe, work got crazy busy. Dishes aren't going to be done when you get home, although I promise that they'll be done tonight. Okay. I really like that because I agree that it is that person's responsibility to communicate the why too. Absolutely. And now if something slips, we're all human. We're yeah. all going to make some mistakes. We're all going to let things through the cracks once in a while. Can't be a trend. It, period. It can't be a trend on any person's part. If I don't keep my promises to myself, I don't like myself, which means I can't be a full, I can't be a partner 100% of the time. I'm not showing up 100% for myself, so I'm not for you. Letting things slip through their cracks cannot be a trend, period. That has to be gone out of your life. But the times that that does happen, always give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That is exactly what I was trying to get to because there has to be some wiggle room because life isn't black or white. There's there's this gray area that happens. and So that gray area should be very small. Yeah. But there is gray. There's still – there's gray in life and not all situations I are going to be black and white. There is gray area. And it's so, just small. Little bitty bitty. Yeah. If like I, I let things sit through the cracks once in a while. I'm human. Yeah. Well it's but just like if it's a trend, yeah. that means I'm on the black side. Yeah. But let's if I'm say, showing up fully, I'm on the white side. Yeah. The gray area is the outliers. Yeah. But it's like let's say you were sick for a week in bed with a fever, I don't know, throwing up, whatever, whatever sickness. You're not gonna be your hundred percent the way that you are when you're feeling your hundred percent. You you're not you are not gonna be able to show up the sh- the same as when you're, you know, have a full night's rest, aren't sick. And you can still show up during that time and still do your best and do what you can. But that hundred percent is gonna look very different than if you're healthy. Correct. And to add to that. There's still standards in your life, whether you have kids or not have kids, whether you have a wife or not have a wife. We have date night every Monday night. It is a standard for that, meaning even if I'm sick, maybe it's not going out to eat. It might be soup in a movie. Yeah. If my kids need to get to school, it is still a standard. I need to get them to school. It just might be me figuring out somebody else picking them up. Yeah. So that doesn't mean if I'm sick or if there's any reason as to why I can't show up my normal 100%, that doesn't mean I'm not 100% with what I'm capable of. I'm not making any excuses as to why I'm letting things slip through the cracks. We still don't let things slip through the cracks. Something may need to be pushed off, but it's communicated. And that doesn't mean we can't grow. Yeah. I agree with that. Standards still can be executed. Yeah. And no no matter what emotional state, thoughts, thought space, or physical space we're in. Yeah. But I in those situations, it's also really and good really good. It's really important to give yourself a little bit of grace. Because as long as you're, you're following the standards. But you're not yeah. Standards don't fall. Well, the standard. What I'm saying is it's okay 
to not, it's okay to wake up, be sick, still do the things that you need to do. But also at the end of the day, maybe you didn't achieve everything you wanted to do and not go at the end of the day saying, oh, I hate myself. I didn't achieve anything today. Yeah, no, that's you okay. still got up and but you again, still did the, the standard. That's where, yes. that's where that's, we need to align on. And I know we're aligned off yes, of this we're podcast, saying the same. Yeah, they're, they're not hearing this. No. The simple truth is whether you're <laughs> sick, whether you're tired, whether you don't feel like it, our standard in our house is that we show up 100%. Meaning whatever I've promised, I do. I grow. Meaning if I promise you to do the dishes and the counter is messy, I'm also capable of doing a little bit more than what I promised. And three, I don't let things slip through the cracks. If I promise something to somebody or myself, I best do it. And if I'm sick and I physically can't do it, it best be communicated and a different timeline established for that. Yes, I agree. We were saying the same thing, just in different fonts. <laughs> we were just using different words. But yes, we have the... Um, like, I just was using the word need instead of standard. Like, if you have something that you need to get done, you do it. If you have something that you wanted to get money, maybe it doesn't get done because you're not feeling good. Or, you know, maybe you, there's other things that come up. Your schedule doesn't go exactly how you want it to. But you still got the things done that you had to get done, your standards that day. Yep, we have standards. The other things, it's simply just standards. Yeah. First step, again, the good. Two, Growth opportunity. Three, you need to align your goals. You need to look at your life vision. What is it all you want to accomplish in life? What is it all you want to your partner to accomplish in life? And what is it that you want your relationship to accomplish in life? From there, you set your goals for the new year. Those new goals for the new year can be your individual goals. They can be your spouse's goals and they can be your couple goals as well as family goals if you have kids. And then the last but not least is you figure out a word for the year. What is your word, your motto? What is it you, your spouse, and your family want to live by for the rest of the year to bring that energy into your family? If you have that, with a smaller version on a monthly basis, you will put your relationship on a completely different trajectory. Yeah. And that has definitely helped us in our relationship and is one of my favorite things that we do in our relationship. Absolutely. With that in mind, you guys, I am, I have a vision board workbook on the website. So if you struggle with your life vision, if you struggle with your next steps, your next vision, uh, as far as your goals go, go to bradenbelknap.com and get a copy of that. As you could do that as an individual, your spouse could do that from there. You guys could have a conversation after you go through those practices. You could make it like a fun little date night together too. Absolutely. Now with that in mind, is there anything else you would like to add to this, Megan? Nope. That's it. Well, let's, uh, everybody, there was some questions that were asked, thankfully, um, for this podcast. So we are, if you have any questions, send a message to me, send a message to Megan. We're always happy to support you as individuals or you as a couple. Uh, just know you can reach out anytime. 
Yes, and we got a lot, so we're going to try to get through as many as we can. But if we didn't get to yours, we will one of us will reach out to you and answer your question personally. Absolutely. All righty. First question. And by the way, we won't we won't read any of your names. That way, this is fully discretionary. Yeah, this is completely anonymous. Anonymous, a discretionary was not the right <laughs> word. First question. And do you want to answer first, or do you want me to answer first? Um, uh, you go first, and then I'll answer. Or I'll answer first, actually. Yeah. Why don't we switch off? Okay, I like that. That's a I'll, idea. I'll answer this one first. Okay, sounds good. Is a marriage worth it if only one spouse is interested? In growth and change. So we talked a lot about this in the past of how to sell your spouse into growth. Yeah. But the truth is you can't, you can only lead a horse to water. You can't make the horse drink. Yeah. So on a surface level, I'm going to say no. A marriage is not worth it. If you're striving to become your best self, if you're striving to build the dream life that you want to dream, you want to build because you are capable of building anything that you dream of. And your other, your spouse is not, not worth it. Mm-hmm. But let's take that a little deeper. Ha, I'm going to ask this question. Have you truly done everything necessary to change your own life? Because the first step is that. The spouse, if you're actually not changing your life, he's not, there's no reason to actually change. You've not changed your life. You're just yeah. talking about it. So a couple steps here. If you're ready to start changing, I encourage you to have that conversation. If they still are not interested in that, go do everything you need to change your life. From there, at some point, (laughs) from there, at some point, it's either going to come down to two things. Either one, since you've changed, you're actually going to inspire them to change as well. And if they still, there's three standards to this. There, you might have a spouse that is fully supportive of you and is fully changing. And that's optimal. You may need to do the changing first, but maybe they'll get there. So start changing first before you decide to quit your marriage or not. There's this uh, other option. Your spouse fully supports you, but they stay comfortable. You have to make the decision whether that's right for you or not. Sometimes that'll work out just fine. And that's okay. At least your spouse is supporting you. And then there's option three, where the spouse is comfortable with where they're at and they don't support you and they tear you down. And if it's definitely that one, get rid of them. Um, Those are the three standards of people. Um, On a surface level, no, I don't think a marriage is worth it if your partner's not growing. But there's levels to it. Although there's levels to it, but you need to do the work first. Yeah, and I agree with everything you said. I don't have anything to add to that other than... If you are wanting to stay in a marriage where the spouse isn't um, changing, then you need to make sure that you see your future and see how your life is going to be with that person. Um, Because if somebody's not willing to change, you can't make them change. So, like, surface level, if they're not interested to change, they don't want to. One, you have to make the decision for yourself on if that's worth it. And two, um, if it, I don't remember what I was going to say. If it's worth it, then it's worth it for you. And that's all that matters. 
If it's not worth it, GTFO, you got bigger and better things happening for you. So, um, that is what works my for take. what works for us doesn't work, work for, for everyone. You. So, but I do know that if they're not being supportive of you and your goals, then just yeah. If you have somebody who's tearing you down at every little tiny little thing that you're doing. And you're trying to live and thrive and they're telling you that you're stupid and you're dumb for doing that. Honestly, in my opinion, that's not somebody who I would want to surround myself with because I am huge on surrounding yourself with people who bring you up and lift you up. And if your main person who is supposed to be your main supporter is dragging you down, not worth it. Not worth it. Absolutely. It's uh, not worth it at all. I, I don't care if you're wanting to be the biggest actor in the world and you've been doing small gigs for 10 years and have z- had zero success. I don't care if it's been 15 years. If that's your dream, you never know if you're going to succeed the next year. Never give up because the spouse is going to support you. Yeah. Okay, what's the next question? The next question is how to push your partner to grow and without being overbearing or controlling. Okay, so I feel like we talked about this a lot earlier in the episode. Um, but just to kind of highlight it real quick, um, the best way to open that conversation is to do it like a sales pitch, like you said, but do it in a very gentle and growing opportunity for both of you and not in a, well, I want you to change. It's that's not, you're not going to get anywhere with that. But, but if you do it in a way that's very team work, Here's the problem. Here's us. And you um, like kind of pitch it in a way of I really want us to thrive and I want us to have an amazing relationship. And we do. But there's a few. Okay. Although there's a few things that we can really grow on and um, I want us to be as successful as we possibly can. If you say it in more terms of we and us and things like that, it's going to not come off as a, well, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. It's going to come off in a very, let's do this together. We're in this together. So that's how I feel bringing up those kinds of topics. um, So you don't feel overbearing or controlling and the other person doesn't feel like you're being overbearing or controlling. Absolutely. And what I'll say to this is there's, there's two aspects here. If you are pushing your relationship in the right way, you're pushing yourself in the right way and you're communicating in an efficient manner with your other spouse, with your other spouse, with your spouse. If you're communicating in an efficient manner with your spouse, so you truly aren't being overbearing and controlling. And you are setting up good habits for yourself, good standards for yourself. And you're inviting your spouse to do the same. If the parti- if your spouse tells you you're controlling, overbearing, recognize that that's actually their problem. If you truly are setting up good habits and you are gently inviting them to do the same and they're choosing to keep their standards, their way of living at a comfort level and they don't like your change or they don't like going in the direction and they're telling you are overbearing and controlling, just recognize that you're not. 
and that that's your partner's problem. Mm-hmm. To that, you also have to go back to the last question. Is your spouse somebody that is fully growth-oriented and fully supportive with you? Are they staying in their comfort zone but also fully supportive? Or are they controlling and they also are not fully supportive and they're not growing? You have to determine where you want your where you want your relationship to go. Yes, 100%. You can invite that conversation to happen and you can do your own growth even if your partner doesn't want to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's step one. But after you've done that work, you ultimately have to decide what you want. Yes, you got to do what's good for you, boo. Question three. So what is something about you that you think your partner doesn't see the way you want? So thankfully, so to this question, this is more about me and you. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we have a very open relationship. We're very communicative. We were very open about our beliefs, whether that's with God, relationship, business, life, so on and so forth. So truth of the matter is, I don't wish you saw the world in a different way. I don't wish you saw anything in a different way. I just see that that's who you are. And we just really respect each other. We have different viewpoints on God and Jesus and religion. We have a couple of major different opinions. But the cool thing is, is we rec- we, we're more common on our beliefs than not. And it's just the s- small differences that really don't matter. Yeah, well, and we see our differences as a strength versus a weakness. So we love each other through our differences, not hate each other through them. There's nothing that I can think of that I want to add to that because you answered it. Again, beautifully and so eloquently. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much again, Megan, for coming on to the podcast today. That in mind, thank you all for joining into the Journey to Authenticity podcast today. If you liked what you heard, and go ahead and subscribe and leave a review. Helps me to get on bigger and better guests that will help to create the most interesting and transformative content. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody.